Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team. Hi, it's season six, episode 18 of the Tottenham Family Podcast. My name's Jav, and joining me this week, David Fornell from Sussex. Good evening. Um, we're both back from wet and cold Wolverhampton, um, the Midlands. Uh, reflections on yesterday's game, David? Uh, well, it, it didn't feel desperately different to last uh, last game last season, um, where we, in that game we got the lead uh, and, and it almost gave it up for a three-nil lead. So it, it felt very tight very um, uh, stressful I suppose especially as their fans were giving us quite a lot of back uh, 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 chat and what have you, it was starting to get a bit fruity out there wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean it was um, they had a few should we say unpleasant chants about our Harry Kane um, the old, uh, they, were, it was, they were reviving the old Gary Lineker chants that opposition fans used to sing Um uh, I won't. Re- I won't repeat it. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I working our way backwards at the end of the match. Something that you and I, uh, um, when we were leaving the stadium, and um, and I and I was of the opinion that um, we were very lucky to get something. Um, and I thought that Wolves were a little bit hard done by, and and I think they could have even got all, all three points. Certainly a point. And as it was, they got, got, got nothing. But I, I, I seem to recall that you actually thought we, we deserved the win and, and 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 the point at which Ericsson came on, you, you had this feeling that we, that we might get a winner. Well, yeah, I won't say deserved the win. I, I, I'm, but I I remember saying that um, Gazaniga didn't have... Well, what he did do, did very well. But he didn't have loads to do. They had a lot of possession and uh, we gave up a lot of territory. But I think that tactically was was comfortable mm. for Jose Mourinho. I think he's happy doing that. He said only recently again that it's not about possession. Um, it, it's it's all about getting the win, getting the goals. You know, possession doesn't win you a point. And he's right in that respect. It all sounds good, but ultimately you've got to get the points. Well, of course he did yesterday. Yeah. And I have to say, going up this Wolf side are excellent. They are excellent. Not only they've got that speed merchant, um, they've got Jota, who, who did a lot, and Jimenez is touched, lovely, and they've got that lovely little lad in the middle, uh, knocking the ball around, Moutinho. Who we, um, we tried to buy a few seasons ago, well, as I recall, when AVB well, was manager. Yep, and, and it would have been a good buy, because he's 33 now, yeah. uh, back in, but he's still, for Wolves, he's pulling the strings um, and, and he would certainly suit us, hmm. no doubt about it. So they've got a lot of good players, and, and uh, Espirito Santo is, is uh, doing an excellent job up there. So you have to say, winning away, you know, we, we, we've got too used to winning away uh, a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Um, and, and really, it's not something that too many teams um, 
are, are that confident about doing. You know, win your home games, Pat's getting away draw. So getting away win is, is, is a really good three points. But yeah, I, I, I didn't think we were deserve the win. I think that would be wrong, but I could see it. And certainly I felt as soon as Ericsson came on and got that free kick, I just had that feeling, you know what? This is going to be a Mourinho team where he snatches the win. I just felt it. Here we are. We'll talk a little bit about, you mentioned Mourinho style, and there is a question there in the running order about, um, you know, whether Mourinho's got a particular style or not, and we'll, we'll discuss that later. But but uh, I, I, in relation to yesterday's game, I, I, I recall a few years ago when he was United manager, season, not last season, the season before that, they, they beat Liverpool. And they didn't have much possession, and he just came out and he said afterwards, and he said it subsequently as well when he was in between jobs um, on 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 uh, on a TV channel, not on Sky, somewhere else. Um, and he he basically said that you know you can be in control of the game without having possession. And I don't, I can't recall what the um, possession stats were for the game. I, I don't know. I know that at half time because we, we looked at it on the screen and it, I think it, we, they had about two thirds almost of the possession. Yep. They had more shots on. Yet they, you know, they didn't come away with really causing us any issues or and, and didn't come, you know, didn't come away, away, away with the three points. And we managed to keep keep them keep keep them at bay and and get the results and. Yeah, well, we'll expand a bit a bit more on that later in the running order. Yeah. Gasaniga, he made a fantastic one-handed save. Yeah, um, yep, yep. The boy's doing himself no harm. I've, I've, I don't see where Loris is coming back at the moment. Um, I, no, nobody's going to hurry him back. He's got plenty of time to sort himself out. Gasaniga is is covering himself in plenty of glory. I know we we all felt a little bit that Manchester United goal near post. Um, slipped through him mm. a bit, but uh, I certainly wouldn't blame him for yesterday's goal. I mean, that was hit like a hammer. I've seen it a few times since, and uh, it was a very narrow gap. He got it through. Kaznega must have had a, a, a very slim view of it, um, but it had gone past him before um, he could really properly react. So, um, you know, it's one of those. He's. I mean, for, for, he did make a mistake as Old Trav a few weeks ago, but as you pointed out when, when we did that, that the last pod, I think it was. Um, he made a few saves, crucial saves then, and and obviously yesterday, and his kicking is sound. So, yeah, um, it, it's he's he's doing what you'd ask a second yep. choice goalkeeper to to, to do. Um, yep. And you, you can't. He's, you know that, that that he's doing a good job. Um, I think the interesting thing about it is that people aren't really talking about Gazaniga. They're talking about Uriah maybe and, oh, you know, they're making mistakes and maybe Davinson. But nobody's really talking about Gazaniga because he's just doing his job. Mm. He's, he's sort of quietly almost doing it. And, and you look up now and get, well, that's a save and a half. I mean, he, he, any goalkeeper is going to let one, you know, even um, De Gea makes the odd ricket. Um, they all do. So. Mm. Yeah, he's doing a good job. He's also quite vocal on the pitch. I don't know if you picked up on that yesterday, um, but certainly I did. He, t- he grabbed hold of um, Davinson, yeah, and had a chat with him. Um, and, and actually, Sissoko did that later on. He grabbed him. It was a corner, I think. He grabbed Davinson round the sort of shoulder neck area and gave him a shake. But they both did talking to him. So yeah, that, that's that's impressive. And um, we started off with a more more a goal, which. 
at the time, um, I, I, my initial reaction was I thought it hit the side netting, um, and I, I've subsequently seen it, and bloody hell, that's a that is a fantastic strike. Well, yes, we, we surely at at, at um, goal of the month we've got about at least four goals. Surely got <laughs> yeah, yeah. on that. I mean, that, that's just gone, isn't it? I mean, it gone through. It, you, you'd have to say the keeper is probably blaming himself, but that was just um, barely saw it. Uh, come around the player and, and it was in the roof of the net and as I say I, I agree with you I thought uh, it, it got in the side netting mm. yeah fabulous goal that, well, the way that we set up yesterday um, and, I, and, I, and I don't want to again dangerous territory because I don't want to preempt the question further, further in the running order but, but the way that we set up yesterday um, I know that we got the results I know that it was job done etc but I couldn't help but watch a lot of that and just feel that it was a lot of Route 1. And by Route 1, I don't mean, you know, you've got a long pass that we see Alderweireld do the other week and Dyer do the other week. Fantastic long passes. But this was a lot a lot of Gazaniga just hoofing it. Okay, not aimlessly hoofing it, hoofing it to, to, to find a, you know, aimed at a particular uh, person usually Kane and then it would just get flicked on and somebody would, would would run onto it and I felt there was a lot of that um, and and that's fine maybe may, in some ways maybe that was we're trying to they you know they were pressing us and we were trying to beat the press and do it that way but it wasn't easy on the eye and I and I, I was a little bit frustrated by the way that we played I would have been more frustrated if we'd come away with with, with nothing I suppose the fact that we've got the result is slightly you know that how we played set up um, takes a little, a little bit on. That's a difficulty, yeah. Moment, isn't it? Because all the time we come away with a win like that, it's very difficult to to aim too much criticism. Mm. I, I agree with you, um, but I've always felt that any successful team should mix it up. You mustn't become predictable. So play short, play long. And, and we've had a lot of players. We've got the players to do that. Over, ball over the top. These players these days, not just Spurs, but other teams, you know, it comes over the shoulder. They've they wand their toe out in the air and just pull the ball down out the air. It's incredible. Um, and if you've got players that can do that, you know, long ball is a very dangerous game. And you can you are always going to pressure that back line. If they want to press up the halfway line, they're leaving a lot of space for Mora and Son to go into. So, but the only problem is you do need a midfield that if it's not one, you've got to get that second ball. And I didn't think we were getting the second ball enough yesterday. So you're right, it wasn't easy on the eye. And and I won't go any further because you're right because a question comes in where we can uh, um, approach that subject. I think in I think in in, in Jose's defence, if you look at the first few matches that, that we've played aside from the United one which and, and well, aside from the Bayern one which was a strange anomaly because it was a dead rubber and the United one which we just didn't play well all the other games um, there's been a high tempo we've mixed it up we've played it on the floor we've played the lot the odd you know long pass for the pings from out of and invariably to, to um, Delhi um, this was a little bit more yeah it was a little bit more route one in terms of from the goalkeeper to Kane, not people picking up scraps here and there. We lacked a little bit of composure in in, in, in midfield, but 
it's I don't think it's a reflection. What I'm saying is it's it's actually a bit of a contrast to the previous games. You know, the likes of the Bournemouth and the Burnleys and the West Ham's etc. So. Uh, it's it could just have been a one-off. It could be just to do with the way that Wolves set up and they they pressurised us and and I think perhaps maybe the fact that we don't really have any look at that central midfield. You've got Dyer who's who's a solid player who go comes in and and does a job and gives us that protection. You've got Sissoko who's a bit of a fire, firefighter, but there isn't any real guile or quality in the centre of the park. No. Um, that's not. Well, it is criticising those players, but it's it's that's not in their DNA, if you like. Um, we don't have a Dembele we, at the moment. We don't have a, a Modric type player. Winks is on the bench. You know, he's been in and out of the team. Dombele's um, been injured, so you know, maybe sometimes we've got to bypass the the, the, the mid the midfield, and uh, um, perhaps that's 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 what happened happened yesterday. Um, we could have, I mean. Where it, for me, where it, where it was also frustrating was at one 0 up. I really felt we needed a second goal to kill kill the game because they were putting a, putting a lot of pressure on us, and yeah. I and I did feel they would score. And of course, we, Dyer had a fantastic chance where he hit the post. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was you know, unlucky with that. And I think if if that had gone in, it, it would have been a little bit somewhat of an easier ride. But they equalised, and and at that point, to be honest, I think that most of us probably would have. Been happy just to hold on with 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 the point. Realistically, yeah, um, they they needed a worldie, and that's what uh, the lad gave a, gave yeah. them, didn't he? He absolutely smashed it. Um, Torore, Torore, Treore. Get his name right, Treore. <laughs> right, right, write that down now, Treore. So I just just think about it again. Yeah, Adama Treore. I mean, he was at Middlesbrough. He he doesn't have the best of brains. And I watched him at Middlesbrough, and I, he, he kept running into blind alleys, all pace. But um, I, I felt for um, Jan yesterday, uh, he actually did, I thought, a, a pretty good job under the circumstances. They were always looking to double up. Um, they knew where the danger was. But it was more about winning that cross. They knew that he would get some crosses in, and we did win them. And we mm. did in the, in the main. The chances they had were slimish. So um, I th- that's where I, that's where the Mourinho side that I could see. We were definitely a little deeper for those, and we were definitely going to put a, a, at least um, a challenge in. So uh, I, I, it is it's a it's a different it, it's remarkable how different this side is already to what we've experienced recently. Mm. The Spurs side. And it's and it's a recent thing, you know. Recently, our, you know, our, our performances. Um, under Mourinho have been good. We we seem to, you know, we we started to win away from home, um, and you know, relative to what was happening recently, just before that, there, there's a marked improvement. There's still a, um, a a lot of work to be done, but at least we're starting to get back to how we were in you know in previous seasons uh, gone, gone by when. For all the great football and expansive football that we played under Pochettino, there were there were occasions where, where we did 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 win ugly and we didn't play well. Um, yeah, and, okay. that, and and that's what you need to do, and and we're, we're we're doing that again. And there were lots of I remember there were lots of late late last minute winners under Pochettino in, in the last few years, and and that it's good that that's that trait 
is coming back now, which 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 was encouraging to see. Question from Mark Stoll or comment. He just says hard fought away win, and then it, um, with an AFTV chaser, is there a better way to enjoy a Sunday? Sunday even. Well, he's right. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it, it was a massive three points. It really is, and uh, I'm afraid um, that the the, the uh, Woolwich mob down the road uh, are having a really tough time. And the difference is between they've got a real poor generally a poor squad and that's difference we've got a good squad still got a really good squad of players and it's getting a tune out of them that's the thing which is why i think that pochettino got the sack because he wasn't getting a tune out of Mm. what levy perceived to be a good squad of players so yes uh, a great sunday mark great Sunday <laughs> question from Zoe Pearson how massive are those three points and was it a question of luck or a mentality switch yeah good question I think it's a, 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 a little bit of luck of course We, ha- but you're always right Liverpool haven't just waltzed into top place they've had a bit of luck they snatch the goal sometimes here and there all teams do even when they win the league um, so mm, Mentality change, definitely. Uh, we, I, that's why I felt I had that feeling when Ericsson came on. And I just thought, this is going to be typical. You know, we, we expect the ball not even to get past the, the near post guy. But um, this time, though, no, he got the first free kick was fine. And then the corner, a bit of a loop. But they switched off Wolves. They got tired. They switched off. And actually, great header by Jan, really. It was the only place he could have put it. I'm not sure how much he meant to put it there, but if he did, that is a cracking header down there. Mm. Off, off of what was a soaking wet turf as well. It span off of it. So, yeah, e- excellent and a good, uh, yes, a, a definitely a change of mindset. I know, you know, when you, when you leave it that late and when you get those last-minute goals, sometimes it, it, it is a bit, you make your own luck, but sometimes you, you, you get the rubber, rubber the green. Maybe in, on another occasion he wouldn't have gone up for that or he would have been marked. It seems somewhat of a free header, but but it can it can be moments like that. Let's just call it luck for the sake of argument. It can be moments like that that, that then luck becomes a win a win becomes three points three points you suddenly start going up the table you suddenly start to get get some confidence and with it mentality yeah changes as well yeah so he apparently apparently waved at Mourinho and Mourinho's waved him up said yes going up for the corner yep and I think Sissoko came back yeah as a as a sort of defensive cover um, because probably he, he would have been Less use in the box than 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 Yan in in that scenario, um, and of course, um, with our results going our way, with Chelsea losing, um, obviously we, we we beat Wolves with United, um, drawing. drawing against Everton. Uh, I can't yeah. remember what the other. I think Sheffield United possibly dropped some points, or, or maybe they didn't. Um, but, no, they did. Oh, but okay, so anyway, but we're we're fifth, effectively, and now we're three points behind um, behind Chelsea, who we, who we play next. Um, Briefly on that, how do you feel about that game? I mean, if we win it, we'll go level on points, but we'll have a better goal difference, so we'll move to fourth place, which would be a fantastic position to be in after 18 matches as we approach the halfway point of the season. Yeah, I'm glad we're at home. That's all I would say. I'm glad we're at home. But I think Chelsea are going to um, try and reverse what they've done against Bournemouth, um, their mentality, I hope they don't but 
they're playing Spurs and they're going to come at us so it's going to be a tight game I will not be surprised if it's a draw um, I, I, if we get the win fantastic fantastic because that's the point this Wolves win has given us that extra boost that extra confidence that knowledge now that we can get the late goal um, we can play in certain ways um, and still grind out results so I I yeah, I know it's going to be a bit of a cup final. Mm. I'm a little nervous. That's why I'm going, because uh, uh, I'm a little nervous with it. Um, I should be going up there. I hope to be when I sort myself out. And, uh, yep, I'll be singing my heart out and hopefully get the win. I think it's a perfect match, and possibly it could be. I know there are lots of people who are already behind the new manager. Um, by, by behind him, I mean... Uh, to uh, exaggerated state, shall we say? Um, uh, you know, just singing his praises immediately and, and thinking they're singing, they're singing the manager's praises and, and what he does and his selections and, and his decisions, and they're sort of fawning over him, which I'll talk about in a minute. There's some questions around that, um, but I think that perhaps for the rest of us who uh, haven't entirely jumped onto the. Mourinho bandwagon um, or aren't completely in love with him or don't have that affinity with him um, this could be the the game where he really makes his mark against his old club big game big London derby yeah uh, it could, could be a turning point and yeah. I, I'm I'm feeling confident I really think that he's gonna you know he knows how to win yep. games as in big games he knows how to set up and if and if it means parking the bus or, or frustrating or, or whatever it might be coming up with a game plan to stifle Chelsea and then hit them on the break and, and, and whatnot. He can do that. He's a past master of, of that. And, um, he, has and no, he has no ambitions to get three or four goals. He is happy to have one goal. So he is happy to park the bus. We sort of parked the bus yesterday, but we got pace. Um, and it, it, it does... When we do break, and you see, we had a couple more chances. Actually, we made a mess of the break. But you know, when you see it break, it, it's uh, it's a great watch um, when it, they charge down the field. Um, so yeah, I'm a sorry. We, we're going to have to sort of experience a bit more of that. It, it may be three or four goals, but that's not what he looks for. And I can see him shutting up shop quite quickly if we get a lead. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's almost as if that's a good point. It's almost as if he doesn't set out to you know with with, with the intention of. I'm going to get three goals or four goals or no. whatever, whatever it might be. He he he's almost just he's thinking about what can I do to stop the opposition and for us to get the three points and get the win. Yeah. Um, and and obviously to do that, it's not just kind of stopping them. You've got to be good going forward, and you've got to get one or two goals because goals with you matches. If as a byproduct of how we're playing or the circumstances, we happen to get a third and a fourth and a fifth and so forth, then fantastic. But it's almost as if he doesn't. You know, that's not. The first no. thing on it on 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 his mind. Um, I tell you what, that yeah, I'm 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 quietly confident, but I I I like the fact that we I don't think we've really had any big. I know we've had a few Champions League games, you know, the likes of Man City, Ajax, Bayern. We haven't we haven't really had any big league games so far, and that's obviously due to the fact that the stadium only opened in, in April. So we know we've had the likes of Palace and. Uh, Huddersfield and Brighton and Everton and um, West Ham. Okay, West Ham is sort of biggish, but 
We've not played oh, one. No. Up. Oh no, 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 no. Well, no. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a London derby. I don't really yeah. consider it big. I, I, it's probably bigger for for West Ham fans. I know I know a lot of lot Spurs fans who, and I think it's probably to do with proximity of where they live and uh, because they've got West Ham friends etc that they consider that a big game I've, I've personally never have but we haven't played City aside in the Champions League we haven't played a Liverpool or a Chelsea or a Man U or, an, or a Arsenal that sort of team yet in the new stadium so this hopefully should be good occasion 4.30 kickoff so you know it'll be under the floodlights etc so hopefully it'll be a cracking atmosphere um, yeah Got a few questions on well, got a few questions on Mourinho and another one um, later on in the in the second half of the pod. But um, John Steggles, um asks, "How do you think Maureen is doing?" Um, it, it goes on to say, "In my opinion, my opinion is that we may have lost the, the game and that game, um, the Wolves game under Poch." Uh, there's brackets. We, we will never know, and we seem to be on an upward curve at the moment. That was my sense actually. That um, I think we've lost that game. Uh, as things have stood, if Pochettino had remained, mm. he he seemed to have lost ideas. Uh, you know, I I'm going to go back to I'm going to talk about the, the sacking and what have you just briefly. But um, you know, I, I say I threw my phone at the time when I found out that Pochettino had been sacked. I was really cross. I swore at Levy for doing it, and that's because I I, I invested so much emotion to the club and Pochettino he was doing such a great job you know we came in new manager and he brought us through to top four consistently Champions League final he'd done and under all difficult circumstances they really were so he's done in my mind had done really nothing wrong but I now look back and I'm looking at his body language at the side there when the games were just trickling away one after the other lost or drew that one and he was looking lost. His arms were folded. I just just felt at the time that I don't know where you're going to go with this, Maurizio. I, I really don't. And then I look back after the sacking and I think, you know what? You probably, Levy's probably done him a favour, given him a rest, a, a well-earned rest. And by getting Mourinho in, which again, I almost threw the phone when I heard he was coming, um, it was the last manager I really wanted after all the things I've said about him over the last few years. Um, I'd even had a personal run-in with him at the uh, League Cup final when he turned around and had a go at me because I was sitting behind the dugout. Uh, and, and he turned around and started gesticulating at me, you know, and I stood up and waved my arms at him. Um, you know, I just thought, yeah. And that day was, was very much the pragmatic Mourinho that... Uh, I mean, we're talking about just now that he set up that day to stop us. And the fact that we got no rhythm at all in the side, they just grew in the game and they just picked us off. And that's what he does. Um, but, you know, look, I think Levy has played a blinder in getting Mourinho. What are we hearing now in the in the press, on TV, all the media? It's, it's before Spurs, it's Mourinho. Mourinho this, Mourinho that. It's going all around the world. And... He's going to put another naught on the value of certain things by taking in Mourinho. So this may be, he may be happy, Levy, with a short-term boost that he will get from Mourinho. Mourinho sells stuff all around the world. Watches, you name it, it's Mourinho's there. The Far East love him. So our name, our shirts are there. 
Um, it, it, so this, I think, is actually a really good move, a shrewd move, a business move. Yeah. And, and I just hope that in between times, that a lot of the fans want, he gets a few tro- one or two trophies in between. Um, then certainly Levy will be vindicated. But we have to, we have to be competing at the very top in business terms. Football is more, almost more about business than it is about the football. That's where we are today. So I, I, I you know, I, look, as much as I, ooh, and I said I'm not walking in there into the, the ground again until he's gone. But you know, that was just my short-term just, silly reaction. Just, just, just jumping ahead to a question from Lee Marston. Um, whilst I say my bit in response to John, um, Lee just asked, most of us didn't want Mourinho, but is he winning you around? So from what you've said, I presume you're, you've, you've won round to, to, to the fact that he's the manager now. Yeah. I mean, look, whoever walked in there, I, I never boo, boo players. I would never boo our own manager. I, I wouldn't do any of that. Uh, well, I've never have. It's not in, in my the mentality to do so. It's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I, I will back him. We have to back him. Um, I, I, I hold my real decision until uh, end of the season, shall we say, yeah. and see see what he's done, see what he does in the transfer market, and see if he gets the backing of the players. It's not what he does in between times that bothers me. Hmm. It's the stink that he's left after, that, and he's done that a few times. There is an interesting school of thought that just occurred to me. Um... I don't know. This you can't call it a school of thought because surely a school of thought is a is a is a well-held opinion or, yeah. or a held opinion by a few people. But it's it's a thought that just occurred to me anyway that that might end up being a school uh, might end up being a school of thought further. If you consider Mourinho, all the clubs he's been, he's sort of been there for two, three years at most, right? Mm. I think his first spell at Chelsea, he was free in a he did three full seasons, and it was in beginning of his fourth fourth season a few months in that that he went anyway um some of these clubs that we were talking about yesterday some of these clubs like inter and porto actually he's he left on a high note he doesn't you know he wasn't sacked or anything like that um so the conventional wisdom is that he's he's only going to be at spurs for probably up until 2023 when his contract runs out and then he will go either because it's all fell apart and he's got the sack or a better job has come along, maybe, or a more attractive job, maybe the Portuguese national team, and he, and he moves on to pass his new. It is possible, it is possible that the slightly older, slightly more mellow, it seems, slightly more relaxed so far, um, Mourinho might actually take a look and take stock and think, do you know what, I'm happy here, I'm, I like this stadium, I like the club, I like the training ground, I like the squad of players I've got, I like, I've, I like the potential, I like the the idea of developing because at some point there will be you know some of these players we talked about the rebuild and and and, and a few years down, down down the line harry kane will be a bit older and so homing son and, and and i like working for mr levy and he might be here longer than we actually think whether that's yeah. a, good, a good thing or a bad thing i don't know um uh, I, going, going back to john's question i think that yeah he's he's doing 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 a good job in that we're getting the results pretty much so, in the league, um, that's what two away wins now. Yeah. Um, and our first away win outside of London since Cardiff on New Year's Day. Wow. Um, so in that regard, he's doing, 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 
doing doing well. Whether we would have won, lost, or won that game, or whatever under Pochettino, we will never know. Um, my no. feeling, my feeling is, if the, if the Wolves game had come straight after the international break, and Pochettino had still been manager, then the way that we were playing, probably we would have struggled to get something. Yeah. I just i I think that. However, where the game was positioned and the fact that we had West Ham next and away and Bournemouth at home and Burnley at home, I felt they were games that if Pochettino had still been there, we would have won and we would have built a bit of momentum and we would have been a better place going into confidence-wise going into this Wolves game. But that's just speculation and we shall never know. Um, as a question on the order, um, I'm a little bit fed up of these questions. I keep getting asked asked them every 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 week on the pod. So Darren Pamenter, Twitter handle is at dasp1919, and he just says one for me. He says, "Jav is Jose starting to win you over yet?" So let me be very clear. Um, if you if by winning over, if you mean, am I rushing out to get? Uh, a t-shirt with Jose Mourinho on it am I rushing out to start singing the Jose chant am I somebody ridiculously on 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 Twitter posted something last night that they posted a picture of Jose celebrating the goal which is great you know it's great great to see the manager celebrate you know last minute winner of course which manager isn't going to celebrate a last minute winner there's that sense of relief and adulation and uh and then they put the caption under it how much is it? Oh, look at him! How much does he love the club? Really? He's yeah. been there for two minutes. You know, he he loves himself. That that's for sure. But I don't think he loves Spurs. Um, and and I think generally it's very. You won't find many managers or players that have love a club. Most of them are professionals. Here here's a day gone tomorrow. Yeah, occasionally you get players like Harry Winks and Harry. Kane, homegrown players who've come through the academy, who happen to be Spurs fans, etc. They'll they'll like the club. You might get somebody like I don't know, Jan Vertonghen, say who's who's been at the club since 2012. Uh, son, players who have who have built a affinity with the fans, and they've been there for a period of time. And and yeah, they might well love the club up to a certain point, but Mourinho will come and go. So uh, the, 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 no, I. It, if by winning over, do you, if, if am I fawning over him? Am I, you know, saying ridiculous things like "Look how much he loves the club"? Am I going to go and rush out and buy a Jose Mourinho T-shirt? No. Um, do I accept the fact that he's a manager of Spurs and do I support the manager and the club? Of course I do. So it's not a question of whether he's won me over or not. It's it. I don't think that's that's even a, a legitimate question, shall we say? I think. I think if you're if you're asking, do, am I am I madly in love with him? And, and I and I think that he's a fantastic, you know, and I've manager and I've got this affinity with him. No, I haven't. That's that, that you know that's something that happens over time. Mm. Yeah, we'll keep our powder dry. Yeah. For the boat. Yeah. Um, right. In the second half of the podcast, we will discuss um, uh, the Champions League draw. We've got a few more questions, um, but before we do that, here is Bex with this week's. Tottenham Women's Update. Hello everybody, it's Bex. So, um, busy couple of days for Spurs women. They played, as I said, against Lewis Women in the Continental Cup. That was their final home game of this season. And also that final round of that League Cup. Uh, played that last Wednesday and ran out 6-0 winners, which is lovely, isn't it? Doesn't that make it f- fabulous? Unfortunately, that didn't see us go through to the next round of the Cup. We had too many... Um, defeats 
in the round robin uh, version of the tournament, which meant that we've had a lovely run out and some great games. Um, and certainly for the Lewis game, we played some of the youngsters, which was fantastic. But that's that. And now we can, as we all say in football, we can focus on the league because that's what happens when you get knocked out of the cup. That game was followed by another game on Sunday, so two in four days. That was away to Reading. We went 1-0 up and then lost the game 3-1. However, so whilst it's not a great end to the year, um, that does leave us seventh in the WSL. And I still think that's an outstanding place for us to be at this stage of the season, considering we were newly promoted um, at the beginning of this season. The women's net match next match is in January. It's January the 5th against Man City. And yet again, they're opening the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for that. So uh, I think the lads that day or that weekend are playing the Middlesbrough FA Cup game. So good to see that they're, the club are making full use of the stadium, um, considering we still have the award for the highest attendance at a women's football match or league match in this country. I think it's a really good sign that they're willing to open the um, the bigger stadium for more of these games. Anyway, so that's a league match. It should be a an interesting game, shall we say. Um, if you can and you've got time, then go see it. I am on Twitter, at Bunch of Specs. Have a good Christmas, everybody, and we'll convene in the new year. Cheers, thanks, bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Thank you, Bex. Right, very briefly, um, we played Bayern in the middle of the week. I'm not sure there's a great deal that we can say about that match, um, other than there were a few players who wouldn't normally feature played that game, the likes of LaCelso, Walker-Peters, um, and a full debut for your man, Ryan Sessignon. Ryan Sessignon, just call him Ryan. I thought he had an excellent debut. He looked pacey, and he did what he used to do for Fulham until they moved him back and uh, forwards a bit on the left. But as a a front-running forward, um, yeah, good goal as well. a, A very good debut. As far as Bayern Munich's concerned, um, I was a bit disappointed actually that we lost, but um, it was a dead rubber, I know. But I'd like to see us given given them a bit more of a game. But there's not much more to say on it, really, is there? No, I think what there was a point that Jose Mourinho made, I think possibly after the match, and it, and and it was you can't. Basically, he was saying you can't judge apart from the fact that it was a dead rubber. He said, look, the team that we played wasn't a team. Yeah. Insofar as it was just a collection of players, you know, he was there was a balancing act between. Firstly, there was some players injured, so they couldn't make it. Then there were a few players who were rested, and uh, then so therefore it meant an opportunity to bring some other players in, etc. Yeah. So it wasn't a team that's trained together and played together effectively. So it, you can't effectively say you can't judge them on 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 that, and it was a dead rubber. So. I thought it didn't really matter, but yeah, good, good, good goal from Cession. Um We've got Leipzig, Ryan, Ryan. Even we've got um, the draw of the Champions League was made earlier today. We've got Leipzig in the last sixteen. The first leg, I think we were discussing this on the way back. So there is actually three weeks between the first and the second leg. Yeah. Um, the first leg is on Wednesday, the nineteenth of February. Yeah. Um, uh-oh. And at home, and the second leg will be three weeks later on Tuesday, the tenth of March. Uh, thoughts on the draw? Well, my initial thoughts were, oh, great, we've got um, RB Leipzig. We've missed some of the big boys, but 
you know, that's just typical of me to say that. And then you think, oh, hang on a minute, they are top of the Bundesliga. You know, they got that Nagelman that everybody's talking about. Very young manager. Um, I, I just, it sort of reminds me possibly of a a, a young uh, Jurgen Klopp. You know, he's mm. doing doing real big things um, in Germany. So, uh, you know, much as we go, yeah. But I'm still going to say, out of all of them, I mean, it was it Man City got Real Madrid. That's going to be interesting. But I would have, I, I, I know. The- it seems to be the common convention of wisdom amongst most first fans is is that we've avoided the likes of Madrid and Barcelona. Well, Madrid, we, we, we wouldn't have got Madrid, but the likes of Barcelona and PSG, for example, and Juve. I prefer those teams. If I was in the Europa Cup, I'd expect to be playing Carabag on a Thursday night or, with all due respect, Leipzig, um, a team that you generally haven't heard of. Let's, let's put it into context. Leipzig were founded... A year after we last won a trophy. Oh, right. Two thousand and nine. Right. They only they they they, um, they were in the fifth division of the uh, German league, the Bundesliga. They, they, well, whatever. It's, yeah, yeah, the fifth tier, and they they got promoted into the Bundesliga top tier in twenty sixteen. Yeah. And I think the following season they finished second, which is quite an achievement. Um, and you, uh, and uh, you know they, they haven't been around a long time. That I, I would like it, if you're playing in the top tier of European football. I would like to play the likes of Barcelona and Juventus, uh, PSG, etc. Bruno, bring it on. And 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 generally, I think we do better against. You know, we we give a good account of ourselves against these teams. Sometimes it's the the lesser teams where we don't do so well. There's obviously a school of thought which is well. We can play them later in the competition. Yes, that's, um, my, that's my thought. Really, is let, let's get those big games where we, we've progressed a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's no game is going to be easy, is no. it? At this stage now, I mean, Leipzig are going to really give us quite a test. They really are. Um, I, but again, you'd probably say, well, Jose is probably the right manager at this stage. While the players are backing him, um, he'll look at them and, and give them a test. I'm sure. I wish we were playing away first, but there we are. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, we do. I, I, I agree with that. But last season we played Dortmund at home. We played yeah. City at home. We played Ajax at home, the first legs. Um, so as much as there is a perceived advantage of having your first leg away from home, you've got to sometimes deal with the cards that you've been yeah, dealt with and, and 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 take it from there um, I, I don't know a great deal about Leipzig other than <laughs> the fact that I said they were founded in 2009 and like you said they're top of the league um, the league that contains Bayern Munich who, who humbled us uh, thrashed us um, yeah. and I read I think it was Gellan Balagay said that they are far, they are young and yeah. fast and light to press um, which reminds me of yeah a Dortmund team, not just the the Dortmund team of Klopp, but the Dortmund team that we played a few years ago in the Europa Cup, if you remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, so we, we shall see. But um, I, the one thing we've got on our side um, is we're a good team, and I think that anyone in that last sixteen would have been difficult. But I think there are a few teams probably look at the draw and are glad that they've they've avoided us we, we got to the final last year we've got quality players yeah. we've got a manager who's won the competition twice and a manager who over two legs um, you've got to fancy him to know how to break down teams and win and get get results which brings me nicely on to a question from Ed 
Brad, who Ed asks, what is Jose's style, or is he tactically adept enough to adapt? So, the way I see this, to answer Ed's question about Mourinho, I want to take a step step back and just very briefly talk about different styles. So, you've got the style of, I don't know, uh, somebody like Pep, Tiki Taka, we saw it at Barcelona, what he's doing at, at, at Man City now, you know, pressing high up the pitch, lots of short passes, but moving it quickly. Play it, not just moving the ball quickly. Players move, good movement as well off the ball. Players picking up the ball, switching it from left to right very quickly, and then having players like Sterling and Silva who can, who can De Bruyne who can pick that pass and carve out teams. You've got the the style of uh, somebody like Klopp, for example, his Liverpool team again. A lot of high press, um, right into your face. I've got four, four flying fullbacks. Probably a slight contrast with maybe Man City in in that, in that respect, and that their fullbacks really push on and um, give the, give a lot of width in terms of cr- crosses in the box. They're also quite good good on the counter. And both these teams, I think, I know you're a big fan of Liverpool, well, the way Liverpool play, their style. But less so, I think Man City. Yeah. Um, and I, I quite enjoy Man City. It's, it's similar to I feel like to to, to uh, Barcelona. But these are styles which you would say that's the City style, or that's you know that's the Pep style, or that's the Barcelona way. Um, when I think of Jose, Jose Mourinho, I don't think that he's got a particular style in that sense. You know, I don't think that there's a. It's necessarily. Um, high press, tiki taka, keeping on the ball. I don't think, even though I said earlier on we it was a lot of long ball stuff. I don't think we're long ball merchants either. I think his style, and this maybe sounds very obvious, um, and it's to paraphrase something he said when he was asked about it. I think his style is a winning style. Yes. I think for him, it's about it's pragmatism. It's about winning games, and it's about examining the opposition, finding their weaknesses. Looking at their strengths, seeing how they can, st- how he, how his teams can be set up to stifle the opposition, and and then and then from there finding a way. Often, it, yeah, it might be if you're going to press me on a style. Often, it might be counter counter attacking once you once you've held held that team. But then, I think that's also dependent on the player. So, for example, at Spurs, we've got a lot of pace with the likes of Mura and Son. Um, Session, if he comes in the in the in the team, um, that we can hit teams on 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 the um, on the break. Um, if you look at his first spell at Chelsea, he had Duff, he had Robin, fantastic pace. So I think some of it is dictated by by the by the by the personnel that he's got. If we didn't have maybe the players that we did, the quality players going forward, for example, um, but we had lots of defensive players. I think the football would be a lot more dour and he would play to our strengths if if we had a really strong defensive team. The fact is we've got a lot of attacking players so he's he's effectively saying right how can I get the best out of those attacking players. So yeah for me I wouldn't say it's a, a particular style that you can put your finger on but it's more um it, it's a style in the sense that it's Pragmatism. It's what can I do to break the opposition down? How can yeah. I how can I win 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 matches? And is he tactically adept enough to adapt? Yeah, I think he's. Re- I think it goes back to the fact that he's a pragmatist. He's a realist, and he will 
he will look at the opposition and each team is different and he will set up accordingly Um, and he will also look at the personnel he's got and if he hasn't got the players to counter-attack a team then that's not the way he's going to play so he'll he'll look at look at our strengths and and see what he can do best with the players at his disposal and and he'll look at the opposition going forward how that's going to pan out in terms of once he starts purchasing players and bringing his own players in whether a particular style will then he'll start to mould or will start to go a particular direction is, a, is another matter. Time will tell. You cannot win that many trophies the way he has in all those countries without being able to adapt. It's impossible. The idea that he can just take this one style of football um, and uh, just impress it into the players he's got there and they play it and they win is, is just fanciful. Um, he has to adapt. He does adapt, but as I said before, um, he he's not looking necessarily to get the four or five goals. He's not looking to overrun teams. Um, he, he's happy to uh, be patient. Now, with Pep Guardiola, the one thing I would say about him, everybody sort of falls over him that oh, it's Barcelona. Well or style and he's won it here won it there yeah yeah but he hasn't won it with a team that is struggling he hasn't gone into a West Ham side and turned them from serial losers into Champions League winning side he's not done that but Mourinho sort of has he went into Porto now I, I hands up I can't remember him at Porto you know he was under the radar then until he'd won it um, so I, I didn't see them. But when he went to Inter Milan, that was a side that really wasn't, uh, as, as I remember, wasn't the top um, flying team. And yet, and even with the players, you know, about Melito, a sort of a, a, a big lad up front. And yet they would break away and Melito again would score it. Um, they did so well under him. And, and he, he did, he, he produced miracles with them in a, in a sense so he has done it with, with lesser sides mm. so yes he's adaptable we'll see that time goes on that's why he likes the side he's, he's got now who wouldn't really you know we've got pace as you say we've got pace skill Ali's sort of looking immediately he's put Ali in the right place now what we did yesterday driving up we put the team down didn't we we said well I, I was pretty certain he'll play the same team pretty much and we were exactly right, weren't we? So that's something you couldn't do with Pochettino. So already we've got that difference. And he has put a round peg and a round hole with Ali. He's put him back into behind Kane and put him as that striker. So that long ball, Ali's making those runs. We'd already look more dangerous in that respect. So he's adaptable. Absolutely. OK, final two questions. Um First one is from Andy Ireland. His Twitter handle is at aisland86. If you had to sell two de- two of our defenders and bring in two defenders, who would you sell and who would you sign? So, by defenders, I don't know if you mean centre backs or does he mean centre backs and full backs? Well, I mean centre back and full backs. I take that to be. I okay. mean, at this at this moment, yesterday, um, I would I wouldn't sell them actually, but I'm more like to sell Aurea. I, again yesterday he was looking a little um, I still a heavy question mark over him um, he's not that high quality and Davinson you know he's great in the air he's a good battler but then 
that moment when we need a, a level head that Toby's got, um, he loses it and he starts flailing. Mm. Um, I, I've been looking at that uh, Sonchu at um, Leicester. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of as well. You know, I looked at him and I thought, no. You know, look, he's very steady. He's doing the right things. And I kept telling him, no, because he sat in the reserves with Leicester, hadn't done much, and then suddenly um, he, he's picked by Rogers. And, and he's doing a, a solid job. And I think, no, he can't be the boy, you know. But I keep looking at him and think, you know what? He ain't bad. D um, David, when you and I were at Leicester earlier this year, that's the very first time he caught my eye. And he reminded me, although he's probably a little bit shorter, I think, but he reminded me of Paolo Maldini. Nothing to do with the way he plays, right? But more just maybe the way he looks, um, the sort of hair and yeah, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but I actually, on that occasion, I thought, who's this player? And I thought, he's, he's bloody good. And and every time I've seen him since, and that was, that was live, every time I've seen him since on TV, I've been really impressed. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's all, what do you require from a defender? To defend. Mm. And that's what he does. I mean, someone like Deli Ali, you know, you're looking at a bit of skill, a bit of flair. All right, a manager, this manager, that's the only danger. This manager might turn around to try and curtail that. I haven't seen him do it. And in fact, I think he's done the opposite at the moment. But sometimes you want to get more uh, feet through the turnstiles and someone like Deli Alley uh, gets more feet through the because you, you look at his goal against Manchester United which I think is an absolute worldie he brings people in but defender you defend and that's what Sionchu does so you're, you're two out and you're two in are well uh, uh, what, uh, what was um, picked this this game against Wolves it would be Davinson out with Sionchu and I would get Uriah out um, who would I get in instead uh, as a right back? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm just not sure about a right back. I tell you who I would like. So I'd like Suyanchu in. Yeah. And the right and and I'd also like a um, right back uh, for Serge. Um, incidentally, Davison wouldn't be the one I would I would get rid of. The one I'd get rid of is Yan because his contract's coming to an end and anyway so it, the, the, I don't have to worry about <laughs> about about that decision but also I think it's good as he I'd, he is aging um he doesn't look as mobile as he once did so I would let he never had pace so but no he, but he's he looking a little he, bit slower he, than he reads the game. Don't let uh, that Traore put you off because Traore's going to absolutely roast anyone. Look, if it, uh, would I rather him be at the club beyond ne next summer and sign a one-year extension and do what you know the likes of United etc. do and keep some of these older players and have them on one-year rolling contracts, for example? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, but, I, but but I still think that we need to upgrade to, to bring some quality in it. In a centre centre back, yeah. so yeah. if I had to, if you, if I had to pick two players, Uriah would be the obvious one. I was going to say Dan, Danny Rose, but I'll, I'll park that for na for now. Um, yeah, okay, all right, let, okay, well Rose, well, let, let's say it, Rose and Rose and Uriah, and I'd bring in Sianchu. You could always stick the Tongan at left back anyway with, with with Davis, so that that's that fixes the Rose problem. Um, and the right back I'd bring in for Uriah is Ricardo Pereira. Yeah, he's playing very. Let's say, you, you, you see how well Leicester are playing when, you, when you're looking up to picking half their side. Mm. You know, I, I'd go and grab Madison. You know, he's a wonderful player. And and um, the left back, um, Chil Chilwell. Chilwell, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's excellent. Tillemans. Yeah, Tillemans. I mean he's yep. excellent. 
you know, and you take Vardy now, he's backfiring, isn't he? I know he's not a youngster, but and, and there was that down you, you understand why Leicester are where they are mm. and why they keep marching on. They have got good players. Yeah, anything we can do to, to uh, de- destabilise them. Exactly. Still, still, still haven't forgiven them for 15-16. Um, right, final question uh, on the running order, final one, is from Mark Stoll again, and he asks, does Jan have the best goal celebration in our history? Yeah, it's great, the Superman one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Fabulous, still doing it. I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, I can't think of another real celebration other than... I know you're going to you're say going to Klinsman, yeah. yeah. The dive. Yeah. The dive, yeah. Well, they were having a go at him at the time. Um, everybody called him a diver, so he uh, lived up to it and threw himself on the deck just to I take the mickey. I um, And, and the, the nice thing about that one was, other than you know, the obvious that you've just said, and, and, and but it was also a real team effort because they all joined in. Um, and it's great. But, yes. Um, it was off its time, and I think they, they did it at Sheffield Wednesday when he scored in the first game away from home, and they did it at the first home match against Everton. But it wasn't something that was then repeated throughout, throughout the season. Um, I yeah, there are a lot of goal. I can think of a lot of goal celebrations, not necessarily Spurs goal celebrations, but, but other teams over the years that really I just find annoying. Like the, I, the one that really does my head in is the baby one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. from Mario, wasn't it? The yeah. Yeah. With the with the uh, Brazilian, Brazilian yeah, 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 and and then you've got the um, there's another one, another baby celebration where um, they pretend they've got a dummy in their mouth or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, Delhi's had one or two, hasn't he, with his flicking of a hand and what have you, um, which I, I, it irritates me actually. So yeah, I like Jan's that he's just playing up to the Superman one, and, I, and it's great. Good on him. This, this is going to sound very con- controversial um, because it's probably the worst celebration. But I quite like Alan Shearer's celebration. Oh yeah, it was iconic. Just, wasn't it? just, just the raised arm. It was just simple. It was yeah. just simple. Isn't, isn't that his statue? Has got the one arm. Up? Yeah, 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 yeah. There we are. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah. Why not? I mean, Mick Shannon years ago used to whirl his arm oh, around yeah, backwards. Yeah. So that was a a strange one. It's sort of like a helicopter, really. Yeah. There we well. Right. The next podcast will be probably after the Chelsea game. I'd imagine a week today. Um, until then, um, all that's left for me to say thank you. All, all that's whew, all that's left for me to say thank you, David. Yeah, thank you. See you, Jeff. And until next time, the future's bright. The future's clearly white. Good night.